I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, AC Law, Daquan Cook, Joey Devine, Gabe Pruitt, Jermario Davidson, Sean Keen, Kirillo Fasenko, Stanko Barat, Patreons, Delamuka, thank you Delamuka, Forrest Walker, thank you Forrest, Max Stanley Williams, thank you Max, musical guest, Dengue Fever, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, the temp- your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with my very good friend, co-host, uh, sports writer, sh- uh, song maestro. Um, stand-up comedian, writer, um, any other titles I'm missing? Nanny? I'm not looking part-time nanny. Uh, uh, Manny. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Doing well. Doing well. Sick, dude. Um. Book, yeah, I booked a flight to the Pacific Northwest just, uh, just an hour oh, ago. Are you gonna go to Kennard? I'm going to Seattle. Oh, are you going to go to uh, the Experience Music Project? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go wherever my lawyer tells me to go. Um, Before we get started on the show, though, uh, some business up at the top. Follow us on Twitter at RoundRockPod. Email us at RoundRockPod at gmail.com. Call us on the phone at the number 
embedded in the description of this episode. Um, and if you feel like giving us some money, we'll take it uh, at patreon.com yeah. slash roundrockpod. You can get in the always jump in Discord for only $3, and you can get bonus weekly episodes for $5 a month. Uh, mm-hmm. 20 bucks gets you a t-shirt, 10 bucks gets you buttons. All right. Um, I'm always shocked by just how much the Discord is popping off, it's too. incredibly popped off. It just, it and it's like, a, it's a constant thing. It's also the only place on the internet where you can, uh, well, I guess the it's this is bled <laughs> into the audio show a little bit, but it's the a little only bit. place where you can... Uh, directly have a conversation with uh the man the myth the mystery himself corbin a smith from uh vice sports willow met weekly deadspin um uh-huh. daily beast uh-huh. uh uh that seahawks blog yeah, maven.com slash seahawks <laughs> or is it like sports illustrated.com slash maven slash seattle seahawks uh, yeah, slash GeoCities. Uh, 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 Tilda, uh, Angel Fire, Tilda Live Journal, um, Tilda Friendster. All right. Um, also, if you could, um, give us a five star review on whatever platform you're listening to this pod mm-hmm. on. Um, and I actually would like to uh, ask our listeners to do us a favor, um, if they could. Uh, subscribe to us on Spotify. You don't have to listen to us there, but, uh, I think the subscription numbers would help, uh, sell this place for $250 million. Right, right. Look. (laughs) Which is why we got into the business. We're just a couple five-star reviews away, uh, from, from being a multimedia empire. Um, and also if you feel like it, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, even though we only just post the episodes up there at, uh, round, search round rock pod on YouTube. Um, that's it, right? Business over? I think that's right. Yeah. Um, well, Sean, you know what we're doing today? We are going Uh, to meticulously recap Kobe Bryant's funeral. (laughs) That's true. Because there's nowhere else. In the um, podcaverse, mm-hmm. podcastiverse, that, yeah the the round ball raw yeah, the I don't know. Um, Joey, did you watch it? No, I'm. I don't even want to either. talk about it. Uh, I mean, no. I did. I watched the parts that everyone saw. Yeah, um, but uh, guess what? I like it was a funeral. It was sad, and also there were funny speeches yeah. from people. It's like. Uh, Good job, guys. Yeah. um, But also, also, um, but also mainly do not recap it on a podcast (laughs) uh, with um, Jared Dudley. That's all I'm going to say. What have you what have you had? What have you learned upwards of 32 things about the podcast (laughs) about the the funeral? Well, then you should be writing 10,000 words on the athletic dot com. But um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we got a lot of, we've got a lot of backlog of reader questions and voicemails, so, um, yeah, we're gonna do that today, and then maybe get to some news, probably just one news story where we make fun of a man who's had <laughs> way too much plastic surgery and way too many sexual assault cases against him. All right, um, <laughs> but first, let's go to the phones. Phones. 
Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 323-682-0342. Once again that number is, 323-682-0342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road. Alright, Sean, our first question uh, comes from our friend Dubaroo. He called two weeks in a row Dubaroo called us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you meet the guy in person once and then he won't stop calling you, uh, <laughs> which I like it. Uh, but last week you and I were talking about jump souls. <laughs> we were. Um, I, I'll be honest. I kind of forget how we got on the subject. I mean, I kind of oh, always. Oh, Robert Perra. I always. Perra. Yeah, yeah, it was Robert Perra. I always want to talk about jump souls. So, uh, um, you know, hit me up on Twitter. I'm jump soul hive. Hashtag. Also, jump if, so high. if uh, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast and you are a manufacturer or distributor of jump souls or mm-hmm. jump souls related products, mm-hmm. uh, please hit us up on Twitter or just leave us a voicemail and we will let's talk some business, guys. Or uh, mail me a pair at. Sean, should I have said my address live on the podcast? You know what? Uh, yeah, because you know why? I want to. You're going to be a jump souls. You're going to be wearing some sweet ass <laughs> jump souls, dude. I uh, can you imagine that with those little those little golf balls on the front of your <laughs> oh, shoes? So sick. Uh, what if what if I, that was my thing as a comic though, Joey? <laughs> the jump I was soul the stand up comic who only performed in jump souls, and pretty much all my jokes were just about jump souls too. Um, and like dunks we should probably explain what jump souls are again real quick for those of you that don't know we talked about it last week but look i don't expect everyone to listen to every episode uh jump i souls- do but <laughs> I, I i'm working through that with my therapist uh jump souls were these scam artist shoes that uh made you walk on your tiptoes that told you if you wore them enough you could dunk uh-huh and they looked uh, insane. You might recognize them from the Seinfeld episode that also has Mel Torme in it. Uh, <laughs> because Jimmy from Seinfeld wore them. Yes. Um, but luckily we know someone who has worn jump soles and he called us. And uh, even luckier, it's one of our very good friends, one of our oldest listeners. Oldest in uh, longest, not oldest. Uh, oldest listener, I believe, belongs to one a member of your family, probably, Sean. Um, <laughs> I don't think my dad listens. Oh, man. I, wow. He I'm, does read my Yard Barker article. <laughs> anyway, here's here's Dubaroo to talk about jump souls. Hey, everybody. It's Dubaroo. I uh, listened to my last call and was quite whatever, because I was clearly three days hungover from going up to Podstar Weekend. So a little more energy today, but I'm just catching up on the latest pod. And uh, you wanted somebody to call in about the old jump soles from Robert Perra. Yeah, I owned a pair, 
And I'm sure my dad, rest in peace, uh, loved the fact that they cost about $150. And uh, the best I did with them was wear them around the house quite a bit as a tween and teenager. I did not do all the cool things you're supposed to do with them to get you able to jump. I was able to dunk at one point in my life. Those things did not help me at all. And, uh, yeah, I carry them around for a long time. The weird thing about them is there's also this little contraption you put on the front of the platform that is about the size of a half of a golf ball. So then you balance even more on your toes, and you're supposed to do, like, J.J. Watt box jumps with them. Needless to say, as an uncoordinated white kid, I would have killed myself if I was actually trying to do those things growing up. But, yes, I had jump soles. No, they didn't help me at all. Yes, I did wear them around the house like a weirdo quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, I got nothing out of them except uh, thought I was going to be able to jump at some point, but I never was able to. All right, thanks, guys. Also, Joey, sorry. I didn't mean to say that you'd stop insulting me. You never insulted me. I was trying to come up with some joke, but I was hungover, and that's all I got. Later, guys. Thank you for calling, Dubaroo. Please call us whenever you want. Also, good job, Dubaroo. Um, I know, I know you're not, you weren't bragging. That's not the kind of guy mm-hmm. you are. But my man can dunk. Could dunk. He appropriate. He appropriately mentioned his ability to dunk. Yeah, it was in context, and I was really impressed and jealous. I think I've said this before on the show, but <laughs> I would like to reiterate it again in case there's any genie or like uh, monkey's paws out there listening. Uh-huh. Uh, I would give up five years of my life to dunk <laughs> one time on a regulation hoop. Um, would you? What can I can I ask you about your ideal scenario for that? Sure, sure. I mean, I haven't played basketball since I want to say 2010, and uh-huh. even then, I was not good at it. Um, but I mean, it's got to be on somebody, and it's got to be really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, preferably one-handed, maybe a two-hand windmill, maybe a two-hand reverse, that'd be pretty cool, but I really, look, I wanna, I wanna Baron Davis on Andre Kirilenko somebody, and Uh I would give up the last five years of my life, I would die five years earlier for sure, to do it, just the one time, not even in front of a crowd, just to know what it feels like, you know what I mean? On video, do you think? Nah, I don't even need that. Damn. All right. Well, uh, if you are a genie, uh, the phone number is in the show notes. Again, if you are uh, a wish-granting genie, own a, own a monkey spa, or... Uh, a devil a, at a, a crossroads. Jump, yeah, yeah. A, devil, a devil at the crossroads with uh, a golden pair of jump soles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hit us up. Hit us up. Um, speaking of someone who hits us up all the time, and last week's episode, we're really creating a universe here. This is like a narrative podcast now. Yeah. Also, oh, I want to mention one more thing to Dubaroo. Uh-huh, yeah. Because I know he had them when he was, like, 13 years old. And now that I've, like, met and touched Dubaroo, all I was imagining was him uh, doing box, box jumps in in the jump soles. But it's how he looks now. Right. Oh, for sure. He is. He is six foot five. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Speaking of last week's show, uh, last week we had a look. Our friend, we've mentioned him once already. Corbin A. Smith, frequent uh-huh. guest, frequent caller. 
Um, uh-huh. former ho- former host of the uh, Take It or Break It podcast. Uh huh. Um, he someone called him up to make f- to uh, not make. I would say I wouldn't even say make fun of him. It was a, it was like a tribute. It was like yeah. a cover band. <laughs> Uh, of a Corbin call. Yeah, there was a fake... We had an imposter Corbin call last mm-hmm. week, which, by the way, I want to make very clear, Sean and I had no hand in the making <laughs> of that call. That no, was, was just delivered to us um, right away. We uh, don't even know who did it. As a ransom note. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Corbin had a response to fake Corbin. So uh, let's play Corbin's drop and then that call. Big Corpse Corner. Big Corpse Corner. Big Corpse Corner. A call from Corbs. Hey there, uh, Big Corbs here. Uh, uh, first things first, I need to uh, address uh, some uh, uh, so-called satirical uh, phone calls that have been made to this show recently. Uh, I would just like to remind everybody, uh, calling in here, uh, making fun of me for putting away my dishes. Rude. Uh, that, uh, I am a, uh, nationally published writer, uh, Deadspin, Daily Beast, uh, uh, Vice Sports, uh, many major publications. Uh, have paid me, and everybody who called in to take shots at me is a fucking nobody who wakes up every morning and looks in the mirror and sees the thing they hate the most. So, uh, nothing you can say to me can hurt me, uh, because I am, uh, very successful and powerful, and you are, and you are, uh, scum. Uh, but I didn't just call in to air grievances, uh, with my many uh, fucking enemies listen to this program uh what i called in to ask is uh i've been thinking a lot lately uh i've read uh ethan sherwood strauss's uh wonderful uh book the victory machine about recently press copy once again national writer those are the kinds of fucking privileges i get uh and there's sort of a lot of uh talk in the book about uh, whether or not uh, succeeding at basketball uh, makes anybody happy. And so uh, my question for uh, you guys is, uh, who, who, what player that has recently won a title was most emotionally, satis- emotionally satisfied uh, by their victory? Uh, thank you for taking my question, Joey and Sean. You guys are cool. I like you guys. Some of these other people, I don't fucking care for them. All right, Sean, that was um intense. Also, that was intense. I, second I, braggy call of the day. <laughs> I would say Devereux, uh was more of a humble brag about how he could dunk. Yeah, but that one was just straight up. Uh, really throwing a lot of fire. Um, this this had some elements of uh, Tupac's hit him up. Uh-huh. I would say. Uh, also, that I mean, am I am I being crazy by saying that uh, Corbin Big Corbs was displaying Mamba mentality with yeah. that call? I would like to say though, real quick, we love Corbs. 
for sure, obviously. Yeah. We love Big Corbin. Read his uh Re, uh, subscribe to his bad uh, his Substack bad photo journal journalism. Um, uh-huh. Read him on the Daily Beast. Uh, follow him on Twitter for all your Captain Marvel take is actually hot takes. Oh, and um, uh, check out <laughs> Kelly Dwyer's the Second Arrangement too, which is also a Substack. Well, and Katie Heindel's uh, basketball feelings. That's the round ball rock reading list um substack reading list but oh, lewis keen also oh, yeah. has a clipper one but you can actually just read lewis keen in like the new york times mm-hmm. too um, so that 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 you can find him there corbin's uh rants are his own we don't support corbin in telling our listeners to fuck themselves um or bragging about how many privileges he gets but if you are ethan sherwood strauss or the publisher of Ethan Sherwood Strauss's wonderful book, The Victory Machine. Uh, I would like a copy, and you can uh, mail that to me at... Uh, Joey, I... Yeah. (laughs) I think that was, again, a bad idea. I don't know. I think I really want a copy of Ethan Sherwood Strauss's The Victory Machine. I mean, it sounds great. It does sound great. Uh, okay, so Corbin did ask us a question. Oh, he did? <laughs> I missed it. Uh, in telling our listeners to <laughs> fuck themselves repeatedly, uh, um, what was the question? It is, it is, which player who recently won a title was most emotionally satisfied by their victory? I, I think there's a clear answer. I also think there's a clear answer. Okay, I, I think it's Kyle Lowry. Oh, I disagree. You I think it's J.R. Smith. I just, I don't feel like that, I mean, he had a great time, I just, I don't really think that J.R. Smith is all about the rings. Oh, I, oh, but I, it's not about being all about the rings, it's about, uh, it made him famous for, uh, reasons other than, like, throwing a guy's phone in the garbage, or killing his friend in a car accident, um, you know what I'm saying, like, he became a respectable, it was... It's a respect thing. Yeah, I mean, it was short-lived. Yeah, yeah it's true, he, it was short-lived. But I think at the time... became like the Fred Merkel of the NBA Finals. <laughs> I do think at the time, that was the most emotionally satisfied anyone's been uh, winning a title. I mean, LeBron's first title was also probably pretty emotionally satisfying. Yeah, I... I Dirk? Dirk's I thought, a good I one, thought, right? I thought Lowry, man, though. Like... It, it's almost, I mean, Dirk, very emotionally satisfying. That whole, I would say that team collectively. The Dallas team? Yeah. Because it's like, it's so many more guys than you realize. It's like, uh, it's all these guys who like peaked at, at sixth place in an MVP vote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like old Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler, Peja, my, Bront Butler. My thing about Kyle Lowry and I yeah. agree he was probably definitely emotionally satisfied, uh-huh. is I think there's two things. Um, one, uh, I bet there was a little bit of him that was like, I wish I could have won this with my best friend, DeMar DeRozan. Um, and two, I do think he's probably a little annoyed at uh, how many more people remember what Fred Van Vliet was doing versus him actually winning the series. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't I don't think that bothers him at all. 
He just he did, it's only because of what he seems like this year. Mm-hmm. That's true. He like he he seems he like seems like much chiller. <laughs> like there's a certain amount where Dirk had that, but Dirk like sort of used it all up by uh just like partying all summer afterwards. I mean, I'll tell you who. I argue it's like, eh, we're not bringing back Tyson Chandler. You don't have to get in shape for training camp, buddy. I mean, I'll tell you who it isn't. Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant is the least satisfied person ever to win a, anything. I think. Yeah, I think I think it made very little difference. I think, like, I think Kyrie got more out of his title, even yes. though Kevin Durant clearly seemingly had more to prove uh well i mean Kyrie, i think it actually cemented what he already thought about himself you know what i mean which is i just hit like one of the greatest shots in nba history because i'm one of the greatest players ever and one of the greatest minds (laughs) right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) one of our one of our thinkers he basically that i wonder i wonder if that you remember that T-shirt that uh, the the Clippers made for Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. with like Abraham Nelson Lincoln, Man- Nelson Mandela, Alphabet. Martin Luther King. Was it was Einstein? Einstein on? was on it. Maya Angelou, uh, yeah. I believe, was also on it. So I feel like Kyrie maybe made one of those for himself in college. Oh, for sure. You know, he had a lot of yeah. time off at Duke because he was hurt. So like, just got into silk screening. But his, it's like weirder people. It's like. Uh, you know, um, Th- Thomas Jefferson, Epac, mm-hmm. Chopra, uh-huh. Jordan Peterson, Jordan, Pe- Jordan Peterson, <laughs> Frank Zappa. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. Uh, Ben, but not Jerry. Yeah, yeah, right. He's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Jerry doesn't have the third eye energy. Uh, the the American Taliban, the American Taliban's uh-huh. probably absurd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. Uh, Christopher Dorner. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. He's the NBA's Dorner, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's not murdering people, obviously, right, right. but like, you know, but, like, his manifesto really... would be similar. Right. I think, well, he would he would definitely shout out a lot of entertainers yeah. in it for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do. I mean. Hmm. Well, okay. Let me let, let's go quickly. Let speed round. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go through some recent champions, and you tell me which guy on the team was most emotionally satisfied by the victory. Um. Okay. Okay. What? Well, 2019 Raptors. Uh. Either Gasol or Lowry. Yeah. Loud Gasol is also legit. Uh. 2018 Warriors. Oh. Um. Javale McGee. I think it's Javale. Because he wasn't on the 2017 team, right? right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, okay, 2017 Warriors. Uh, David West. I think that's right. Uh, 2016 Cavs, we said J.R. Smith. I think that's correct. Uh, okay, 2015 Warriors. Um, I think it's Steph, actually. I think it is, too. Uh, 2014 Spurs. That's a weird one. It's a weird. It's a weird um, team to be like, who wanted it? Because there wasn't, like, an outright goat the year before. I mean, part of me wants to be, like, I think it's still just Duncan. I think they all were Duncan. I kind of think it was Duncan, too, yeah. Um, But I'm looking at it right now. My, oh, no, I think it's Boris Diaw. Maybe. I could see that. He also had a great series, too. Yeah. 
Um, okay, 2013 Heat. Is that the one... Did that have, like... Is that the one with Gary Payton on it? Um, no, that's the that's the Ray Allen Miracle 3. Okay. Um, I think they, they had some weird guys on that team. They had some weird guys. I'm just I trying to think, think Richard, who it was. Maybe Richard Lewis is on that team? Uh, Richard Lewis is on that team, but I don't think it's him. No. Uh, I think it's maybe... I think it's Jawan Howard, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not maybe. Uh, I was thinking maybe the Birdman. A lot of these guys were on the team the previous year. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like uh, Jarvis Varnado. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say not Dwayne Wade because that three thing he did afterwards no, was fucking no, ridiculous. It was lame. Uh, okay. 2012 Heat. Um, let's say Eddie Curry. I think it's LeBron. <laughs> no, it's LeBron. It's absolutely <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> uh, it's Dexter Pittman getting that first ring. Yeah, it's okay. not Jawan Howard for the other one. It's it's Birdman. Birdman's not on this team. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that it Birdman. is Birdman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birdman. Yeah, okay. I, I like it. Uh, 2011. It's, it's, it's Dirk, right? It's either Dirk or Jason Kidd. Yeah. And uh, 2010 Lakers. Pow, probably. I think it's Ron Artest. Oh, nope, you're right. It's Ron Artest. Because yeah. he even hit a three in game seven. But Pau Gasol, oh, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a champion in that one. Mm-hmm. All right, that's that's good. Yeah, good. Uh, good, good call, good, Corbs. Good call, Corbs. Um, I'm sure we won't be hearing from you again. Um, ever, um, <laughs> because one of our listeners has murdered you. Um, <laughs> that's how this show officially becomes a true crime podcast, just like every other podcast. Yeah. Uh, somebody stakes out Canard and then murders Big Corpse. <laughs> They've got like a decoy dog that's really photogenic. <laughs> Lure him into a false sense of security. Um. We've heard we heard uh, from a lot of our longest listeners uh, this week. Um, a really long time listener, someone who one of the, our first listeners, along with Double Roo, Christian uh-huh. called. Uh, let's oh, hear nice. Christian's call. Hi, Rambo Rock. It's uh, Christian, a uh, long time listener, second time caller, and I was calling today because I was trying to think of random players who played on my third team, sadly the New York Knicks. And I was trying to think which team might have the best uh random starting five. Like players that you don't remember play for your team. Uh for example, me being Nixon, we had uh Matt Barnes, uh old Jason Kidd who was our best point card of the twenty tens. Uh Kevin Matumbo at one point. It's it's just a sad list. I really don't want to start crying, but what do you what team do you think is some of the best random starting five? Thank you. Have a great day. Alright. Uh so Christian asked um what, Sean, is what team has the most has the best most random starting five? I mean the the Knicks are a great choice for that reason because mm-hmm. you just have all these guys where you're like, yeah, you know, Antonio McDias, Jalen Rose, yeah. uh just like these weirdo dudes who were there very briefly. I mean, it's it's super weird that Bargnani was on the team for that long. Right. And like, Glenn Rice. Um, that might be going too far back. 
Um, it's weird because the Warriors have had a lot of strange rosters, yes. but but it's not that kind of thing. Like the organization before like 2012 is so devoted to mm-hmm. failure that there aren't even like you would never be a fun veteran who goes there. You know, like your right. your random warriors would be like Nick Van Exel, Cliff Robinson, mm-hmm. and then it's just like mostly just like shitty guys, right? You know, um, it's weird they had Vladimir Rodmanovic. That was weird. Um, but like, but yeah. Um, so so in that sense, um, the recent Atlanta Hawks have been incredibly weird. Yes. <laughs> Um, definitely. I would also say the Nets are good for this. Oh, right. Because they just have some years where it's like, yeah, Alonzo Morning is mm-hmm. on the Nets. Dikembe Carter on the uh, Nets. No one will like, but like also like. Andre Kirilenko. Yeah. The net. Um, but I, I only kind of know this because. There's so in N- in the NBA 2K games now they make all-time rosters complete with like, you know, who NBA 2K has deemed the all-time 13 greatest players on a uh team and the Nets are so bereft that D'Angelo Russell and Devin Harris are on the roster. Oh man. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, look, Andrew Wiggins is starting for Minnesota, but um, <laughs> he's the second all-time leading scorer in, in franchise history. Um, uh, I mean, the yeah. Hornets slash Bobcats are also good for this. Um, uh, the other, There's a couple teams that just have these. Um, there's a certain almost like cycle in the late 2000s mm-hmm. between Phoenix, Portland, and Denver. Yeah, where like every team just rotates. Who's gonna have Derek Anderson, Aaron Aflalo, and like like just a weird. Uh, it's amazing the amount of guys who have been on both Denver and Portland. You know, and it's not. <laughs> you know who I actually think my answer is for this though. What's that? I think my answer is the Toronto Raptors. Oh man, they've had so many weird players. I mean. Any team that's had Muggsy Bogues on it that when he's uh-huh. not a Charlotte Hornet, <laughs> I feel like is in the running for this. So you've got you've got like Del Curry, Akeem Olajuwon, Sean Marion, Jermaine right. O'Neal. <laughs> uh, these are just off the top of my head. But also Jorge like Garbayosa. Jorge, uh, that's who yeah. I was going to say. Rafael uh, Arujo. R- Rudy Gay for like 15 yeah. <laughs> months. Uh, TJ Ford. Uh-huh. Um they had Hito Turkaloo. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, didn't they have? Did they have Tayshon Prince briefly? Mm, I don't know, but it sounds like it could have happened. Right, like there's just a lot of <laughs> sort of. Uh, Charles Oakley has been on the Toronto Raptors. Um, Marcus Camby. Yeah. Uh, the Cavs are also a great answer for this. Because oh right. Not because only did they cycle through a bunch of crazy players, like old guys with LeBron. But then they they also become like a weird dumping ground. Yes. Where so it's like, you know, I mean, like their team now. That's the thing. The Cavs <laughs> roster right now is like that, where it's like, 
Well, why would you think it was strange that we had Andre Drummond, Larry Nance Jr., Kevin Love, <laughs> Chetty Osmond, Brandon Knight, and John Henson on the same roster? Yeah, that's my answer. My answer is the Cavs. The and Cavs you can make put the craziest collection. Yeah, of. It's like Shaq it's like, is on the Cavs. Yeah, Antoine Jameson, Ben, you know Ben Wallace. Yeah. Oh, Wally Zerbiak. Wally Zerbiak. Yeah. Larry Hughes. Like. Just yeah. Like, just like. And then, like, Sean Kemp was on that team. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but then also just the end of, like, the 2015, like, the 2015 Cavs is, like, the end of the bench is, like, people you would not even, like. Well, remember remember Sean Marion's retirement video? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But then it's you also, know, like. Richard Jefferson. And <laughs> but it's also, like, Joe Harris is there. You know what right, I mean? Right, like... right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Danny Green was on the Cavs for a couple weeks. Uh... Mo Williams on the uh-huh. 2015 Cavs. Well, they just, they made, like, a surprising number of three-way trades, too. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like just increases the madness that you have on a team like that. Uh, yeah, my answer is the Cavs. The Cavs, they just cycle through so many players and so many... It's like they pull names out of a hat when LeBron is there and when he's not there. Uh-huh. And it, yeah, and it even feels like, yeah, when LeBron wasn't there, their free agent targets were still really weird. Yeah. Like, you have LeBron, you know... Gordon Hayward. Yeah, we're we had Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Yeah, we traded for Sam Decker. That's... The guy we traded for. Like, Sean, can I just read you the basketball reference roster of the 2012-2013 Cleveland oh, Cavaliers? Yeah. This is, yes. I just picked this team randomly. I randomly okay. put a year in. Uh-huh. Uh, Omri Caspi. <laughs> Wayne Ellington. Alonzo G. <laughs> Daniel Booby Gibson. Kyrie Jesus. Irving. Jesus. <laughs> the, I totally forgot Wayne Ellington was Dude, on that. Dude, it's going to get even weirder. John Luer. W- weird. Uh, <laughs> Wait, he was on the Cavs? Sean Livingston. Uh, I did not know he was on the Cavs. <laughs> CJ Miles. What? <laughs> Jeremy Pargo. <laughs> Amazing. Chris Quinn. <laughs> Samardo Samuels. Chris Quinn is a white point guard, right? <laughs> well, he's a shooting guard, according to okay. uh, oh, oh, okay. Basketball Reference. Let's see if he has didn't that have basketball. That ha- didn't have that handle. Uh, no Basketball Reference nickname, by the way, uh, for Chris <laughs> Quinn. Uh, Samardo Samuels. Donald Sloan. Weird. Maurice Spates. <laughs> Tristan Thompson. Anderson Verjao. Dion Waiters. Luke Walton. And Tyler Zeller. Um, Joey, I picked the 1998-99 Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh-huh, yeah. It's also an extreme surprise that many of these people were on the Cavs. Uh, Derek Anderson. <laughs> and and weirdly, 25-year-old Derek Anderson. Mm-hmm. What happened there? Corey Blount. Mm-hmm. Earl Boykins. <laughs> Andrew DeClerc. Uh, Danny Ferry. Mm-hmm. Someone named Letariel Green, uh, Zydrunas Elgowskis, mm-hmm. Sean Kemp, Brevin Knight, mm-hmm. Wesley Person, mm-hmm. Natali Potapenko, yeah. and Bobby Sura. <laughs> um, do you want to hear just some random names from the 2009 Cavs? I mean, a lot of them are people yeah. you remember, but here's just a couple random names that you probably uh. did not remember were on the team. Okay. Joe Smith. Lorenzen Wright. <laughs> 
I did remember Joe Smith because he did that rap. Did you remember Lorenzen Wright? No. Being the Cleveland Cavs in 2009. (laughs) But yeah, J.J. Hickson. Totally forgot he was a Cav. I'm going to be honest. I I guess I remembered that, but... Even like even like old guys that I don't have any familiarity <laughs> have crazy names. <laughs> Who's fourth in games played for the Cavaliers? Why it's Bingo Smith. <laughs> Who's in fifth place? Hot Rod Williams. Oh. Uh, and then like they have normal guys where you're like Brad Doherty. <laughs> That's a normal guy. First pick in the draft. What does he do now? Hey, where's the NASCAR? <laughs> Is so- he seven feet tall? Yeah. So the 2006 Cleveland Cavaliers, Sean, uh, they have some guys you remember, but it's... Uh, I believe this is a team that went to the conference finals. Yeah. Uh, Martinez, Andrew Kevishich, I do remember that name for some reason. Uh, Drew Gooden. Okay. Uh, Zendon Hamilton. I don't remember. Alan him. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Larry Hughes. Zidrunis Ogauskas, of course. Luke Jackson, LeBron James, Damon Jones. We got Daniel Marshall? Here's another... No, we're getting there. (laughs) Because this is... This is... This four... This foursome here is really where I was like, yep, the Cavs are the answer. (laughs) Daniel Marshall. Ronald Uh Flip Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Ira Newble. Oh, my God. Eric Snow. (laughs) Sasha Pavlovich and Mike Wilkes. <laughs> Man, I gotta say, there's an argument that that Eric Snow has to be like one of the toughest basketball players of all time. Because <laughs> I remember five years earlier when he was on the Sixers and just being like, "Man, I I don't understand how this guy's starting in the finals." Oh man! Like, like he's like not good at anything, but he's just really tenacious. Okay, I but found... he must just be super smart. And yeah. I actually found the all-time one. This is the all-time. This is maybe the team you would give Christian for the most random. Oh, okay, but by <laughs> by the way, I just want to add that uh, the Cavs' all-time leaders also include a Campy Russell and World Be Free. So this is LeBron James's rookie year. Oh, um, hell yeah, two thousand four. Uh, Tony Batie, <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Boozer. I believe the, the the Lakers once traded to- traded Nick Van Axel for Tony. I, I believe that's true. Tony <laughs> Batie, Carlos Boozer, J.R. Bremer, Kedrick Brown, Mateen Cleaves, Ricky Davis, Desajna Jop, Zadrunas Ilgauskas, LeBron James, Jason Capono. Jelani oh McCoy, Jeff McKinnis, yes, Chris Mim, Je- Jeff McKinnis, who they 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 I believe they might have gotten like Darius Miles for or something. Uh, no, it was the other way. <laughs> oh, they around. traded Andre Miller. For, yeah. For, okay. That's uh, right. Chris Mim, Darius Miles, Lee Nalon, <laughs> Ira Newble, Kevin Ollie. <laughs> Hell yeah, Michael Stewart. Bruno Sundov. That's Michael Yogi Stewart. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Bruno Sundov, Dewan Wagner, and Eric Williams. Wow. Eric Williams is... That whole guy. the whole list, that's like a Pardo name list of players. Uh, oh, the, the entire roster. <laughs> yeah. <list. laughs> 
Uh, so so here are some people that Tony Batia has been traded for and with. Uh-huh. Uh, he was traded the Nuggets. He was the fifth pick in the draft. One year later, the Nuggets traded Tyron Liu and Tony Batia for Nick Van Axel. <laughs> Six months after that, traded straight up for Travis Knight. Then he was in a trade with Kedrick Brown and Eric Williams for Ricky Davis, Chris Mem, Michael Stewart. Mm-hmm. And a pick that became Ryan Gomes. <laughs> and then he was traded for Drew Gooden, Stephen Hunter, and Arison Verajao. And then he was in uh, the the trade that brought Vince Carter to Orlando. Mm-hmm. It was him and Skip to my and Courtney Lee for Ryan Anderson and Vince Carter. What an incredible trade. What a what a what a career. Also All five of those guys except for all five of those guys had except for Eric Williams and Really, but uh, incredible careers in that trade. That's a wild trade. All of also, Tony Batie <laughs> played for fifteen years. Um. Anyway, <laughs> the answer is the Cavs, Christian. Um, yeah, it, in a run, in a surprising runaway. But yeah, if you have a difference of opinion, send us your list of random guys that played for your team because we definitely want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, year and year and team. Ideally, yeah. ideally one season, but we'll we'll entertain franchise yeah. Uh no, I I like a franchise team too. Yeah, yeah, you let yeah. us know. We'll 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 hear anything. Um <laughs> All right. Uh we have a call from a friend, Sean. Uh he's been on the show before. Former, you know what? Former podcast hosts love calling our show. It's true. It's true. Like they like to to get out there, work out the old. It's like it's like having a catch, right? <laughs> but in podcast form. Uh, our friend Josh Androsky at Shut Up Androsky on Twitter. Uh, if you live in Los Angeles, I forget what district. Hold on. Actually, I'm going to do this real quick. Um, uh, if you live live in Council District Four. Uh, vote for Nithya Raman. Um, a because she's an amazing candidate, and B because Josh uh, is with that campaign. But more importantly, because uh, she wants to actually solve the homeless population in Los Angeles, so vote for her. But yeah, uh, yeah, your 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 fucking pod, your other sports podcast making endorsements in local city council races. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think they are. Uh, but our friend Josh uh, called us. Um, let's hear that right now. Hello, Round Ball Rock Nation. This is Josh Androsky. Uh, and yeah, this is the second time I've called uh, because the first one was too rambly. I didn't like it. I didn't like it as soon as I hung up. I could tell it was too rambly. It was bad. You deserve better. So I'm calling back, leaving a more concise voicemail. Uh, sorry, I'm plugging in my electric car. Ever heard of it? Uh, oh, this is already going off the rails. Um, so I was listening to uh, one of your more recent episodes where you had the nerve to say that, uh, when comparing James Harden and, uh, Russell Westbrook to, uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, that Westbrook was the Cross and Harden was the Odenkirk. This is bullshit on multiple levels. One, uh, Westbrook, Westbrook is clearly the Bob Odenkirk, okay? He's the angry one. He's definitely the one that's gone like, oh, come on! Like in that, like, you know, old guy yelling voice uh, that Odenkirk does so well. Also, so look, he was like, you know, a 
the future of comedy, right? Like in this young group that was like taking the industry by storm, a la the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then they all went their separate ways, right? And then uh, what happens? He starts directing all these movies and doing these solo projects, and they're not that great. And so, you know, uh, then what happens? He realizes he's literally the greatest supporting actor in the history of television. And that is very much exactly what Russell Westbrook's doing right now in Houston, playing the most efficient basketball of his career in a supporting role. That's why he still steals all the scenes. You know what I mean? Uh, and then finally, uh, James Harden uh, is clearly the David Cross because of those two. You can easily, way more easily, see James Harden wearing sweatpants and smoking weed all the time. Anyway, thank you. I love you. Bye. All right, Sean. Do you have uh, – I have no defense of this. I think he's correct. We got this one wrong. Well, here's the thing. I think that I was thinking of them in the original uh, incarnation of the show. And I feel like – I feel like – I mean – I mean, I Bob's know. the leader for sure. That is true. But um, he I just felt like he is I guess I guess I well, I mean my only argument was I actually think that Bob Odenkirk is the more successful leading man. Yes, I agree. But I'm not that doesn't really disqualify him for being Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I just I just I think I think Josh had a good point about the anger because yes. I had initially thought of David Cross as the angrier one, but that's but just he's actually the and he's yeah. the whinier one. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 like, okay, do you remember when um, there was like a, a like an online beef between Patton Oswalt and David Cross because David. Patton Oswalt had made fun of David Cross for being in uh, an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Uh, not really, but it sounds like a very 2012 thing to yeah, happen. Yeah, very, very 2012. Anyway, that seems more like James Harden to me. Like yeah. that's yeah, yeah, that's I a get that closer for sure. to. And he's in like James Harden is willing to do shittier projects, mm -hmm. I would say. Whereas, um. Russell Westbrook's weird things uh, don't don't suffer from a lack of ambition. Mm -hmm. They just maybe aren't very good. But like, I couldn't see Russell Westbrook just being in a commercial where he like rode in the back of a car while Trevor Ariza was singing. Right. Um. <laughs> uh, either way, compelling arguments both ways. Uh, we love you, Josh. Call us again. Yeah, call back, um, dude. In fact, Josh, if you want to be the person who um, corrects us when we're wrong, feel free to do that. Um, our stat boy, if you will. You can even, we will even let you on the air with the Ash Wednesday uh, mark on your forehead. Uh, that's a <laughs> PTI joke. I don't know why I told it. All right. <laughs> we got a great call uh, from someone who forgot to say his name. Um, it was a really good call, though. If you call, please say your name. And caller who called with this, please call back and tell us you did it so we can give you proper credit. Because yeah, as yeah. former stand-up comedians, we are all about getting giving credit. Uh, and that's why we hate fuck Jerry. <laughs> that's right. 
<laughs> and that's why I've decided to work for Bloomberg as well, because they've been stealing my jokes about how um, Bernie's gay. But let's hear let's hear that call from uh, our friend, the listener. Yeah. Hey, Joey. Hey, Sean. Just wanted to call and talk about the dunk contest. Do you think Wayne Wade threw the vote? Did you bring it for the heat? You need to get shit and leave the court. If you could break the dunk contest, how would you do it? Did you buy off the judge? Did you incorporate elaborate dance moves? Anyways, love round ball rock. I'll take my call off the air. Thank you. All right. Um, so, Sean, he had a couple of questions. I wrote them down. Yes. Do you uh, think Dwayne Wade threw the vote at the I'm dunk contest? I'm 99%. Yes. Did he rig it for the heat? Yes, he did it for the team. Did he take a shit and leave the court? Uh, I think he may have tried to accelerate it because he needed to take a shit, and okay. then he he had to leave the court for that. I don't. I, I kind of didn't. I wasn't fully paying attention to the very end. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 but I became very convinced of the. Uh, vote rigging afterwards because also the other thing that happened was uh one of the judges was uh tom perez <laughs> head of the Democratic national congress yeah yeah i heard debbie was wasserman like, schultz was actually the one who made the rules <laughs> yeah it's weird um so uh yeah, that was that that just seemed weird to me uh but more importantly i'm gonna ask his real question here all three of them right in a row. If you could yeah. rig the dunk, dunk contest, how would you do it? Would you buy off the judge? Would you incorporate elaborate dance moves? Um. Well, I think Dwayne Wade was smart because he essentially exploited the judge's inability to do math at that point in the evening on All-Star Weekend. Like, you know, like... If Dikembe Mutombo is one of the judges, that's not going to work. If Shaq is one of the judges, you can probably get him with an arithmetic mm-hmm. uh, scam. But like, hey, wait, Shaq's a doctor, man. Oh, you're right. You're right. I, I apologize. <laughs> what does he have a doctor? Criminal? A doctorate in criminology? I think is that's that what correct. it is. Yeah. And being a fucking narc. That's yeah, right. For being a dirty ass fucking cop, which we haven't mentioned in a while. Narc. We need oh, yeah, to Shaq mean, is a yeah, dirty Shaq's cop. Shaq's a dirty cop. Never forget. Shaq, Shaq participated in a uh, armed like SWAT home invasion when uh, Sheriff Joe's boys like knocked down the door of the wrong house with a battering ram. And that is why when Kyrie Irving goes full Dorner, Shaq is who he's going to murder first. Yes. By the um, way, like, imagine how scary that is when you have not, I mean, even if you have committed a crime, it's very scary to have the police knock down your door. But, like, you're completely confused at what's happening. Because There's you all didn't these do anything. With, yeah. All these people have guns. You're they, on they, the ground. They, you've, been ca- you, you've been cuffed. And then Shaq walks in. Yeah. Do you think it's like a hidden camera show at that point? I have no idea. Uh <laughs> Here's how, uh, but uh, how, you didn't answer, did you? Oh, no, math. You'd do it through math? 
I think I think that's the easiest way. And but then the other a rig a dunk contest. Come on, like rig a dunk contest. You know you're what right, I mean? You're right, you're right. He saw an opportunity. If you're he, gonna rig it This is the doing it through the math is like the most Pete Buttigieg way to rig a dunk contest. <laughs> I, I I mean, doesn't Dwayne Wade have a little bit in common with Mayor Pete? <laughs> a little bit. Um so yeah, I guess I would say how would I rig the dunk contest? I think bribery is like easily the best way to do it, especially if you pick the right retired athlete. Like imagine Scottie Pippen's one of the judges. Mm-hmm. He, what would he you got by that plane guy. You do with money, yeah, cash, okay. cash, cash for Scottie, or like, or like, uh, like, like movable shit, like mm-hmm. Kruger, old Krugerans, maybe. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like like a ruby, uh, rare coins, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Barkley, I don't think is bribable. Dr. J? D- Charles Barkley Do- is either the least bribable or the most bribable. It's unclear. Like, he, well, he'll like, I just, I just don't think you can like bribe him in conventional ways. Right. Like exactly. he'll, he'll rig the dunk contest if he thinks it's funny, but there's like no amount of money that can just buy him. For something like right. that. Um, I mean, there's an amount of money, but not a realistic dunk contest rigging amount. Um, Dr. J, I feel like you have to blackmail. Right, right. Like <laughs> incriminating photos. Uh, he did have a secret daughter. So, uh, yeah, like, like you know something weird that happened on the set of The Fish Who Saved Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about like Lisa Leslie? How do you bribe Lisa Leslie? I don't think you can. She she might not be bribable. She has so either. much integrity. You only need to bribe one, right? That's true. Actually, all you need is because <laughs> there's enough. There's enough. All if you get someone to give a seven, you knock somebody out. You know, even an eight will do it at this point. Yeah. They only give nines and tens. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I guess I guess the other thing I would do is do uh, what the CIA did to Aaron Gordon, and I would I would you know rig their drone, hack their drone. That's more the way I'm thinking, man. You know what I'm doing? Like sabotaging the the stuff. I'm raising. I'm getting the bass. I'm I am bribing a much cheaper person, and that's the oh. basketball ops person. And uh-huh. I'm raising that rim two inches. Okay, and you're telling it's your preferred guy. Well, I, I think yeah, and I'm just saying you gotta jump. A, it, it's it's not gonna be where it normally is. You have to you're pay telling, attention to yeah, it. You're telling Derek Jones Jr. It's gonna be. He too can get up there. He just yeah, has yeah, to be right. cognizant of it. Where most of these guys, they're just used to the hoop being ten feet tall. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. But if yeah, it's yeah. ten feet two inches tall, I don't know, man. I think you're. I think they're gonna miss a lot of dunks. The other thing I'm doing is um, building up the height of the balsa wood plane two inches higher. <laughs> so, like, your feet drag across it when you try to jump on it. <laughs> so you want to hurt a guy in the dunk contest? <laughs> no, I just, I just think someone might have done that to John Collins. I'm, I'm a Tuskegee Airman Dunk uh, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you meant the... <laughs> court the balsa no, wood no, plane no, the balsa wood that's plane. so funny <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a collins truther <laughs> they set him up with that ped test too he didn't do it uh the other thing i would do is uh 
I think you could just bribe a passer. Oh, right, right, right. You find out who's doing, who's like doing the passing. You know what I mean? Just or like, get, hey, miss yeah. that pass, man. Or somebody like sets off a firecracker and then Taco Fall stands <laughs> up and Aaron Gordon is killed. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like if a guy isn't bending down, you kind of can't dunk over yeah. that many people. It's like dunking over people. Like, better be like a mascot or have some thematic. I want thing. to see people jump over more things. Yeah, things, not people, because people can duck. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you you dunked over, like, a, you dunked over Chance the Rapper. Like, what is he five nine? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just, <laughs> like it's not like he's even. That's short or anything, but he's like a normal. That fucking like mascot that Aaron Gordon jumped over that time is probably six foot two and right. standing on a hoverboard. Yeah, like if they're not moving at this point, because again, that mascot was moving. Yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah, come on, just. But yeah, jump over a big birthday cake. Weird objects. <laughs> jump over a big birthday cake. Someone, yeah. someone should win that. Yeah. Yeah. And blow out the candle. Do the birth. Do the tribute to the birthday cake dunk. You'll have but you're my jumping heart forever. Over a giant thing, and then when you win, you can smear the cake at people. You know what I mean? Like giant cake. Yeah. Come. I want to see someone dunk over the three point contest. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that would be so tight. Yeah, like like one guy just takes off. Okay, this is what I would love to see. Someone is secretly a dunk contest contestant. Mm-hmm. And in the skills challenge, mm-hmm. they actually just like rip off a fucking crazy dunk. Well, sometimes and they're guys like, that do, was a soft do, open, yeah, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so that's uh, all our calls. Yeah, that's wait, it. What? Good set of wait, calls. What's, what's happening? Corpse Corner. Oh, no, it's Big Corpse's music again. What? Big Corpse Corner. Big Corpse Corner. A call from Corbs. Hey, uh, one more thing. Uh, Big Corbs, obviously. Uh, if you're out there and you want to support uh, my uh, fight against the, uh, the savages who think it's appropriate to mock me, uh, hop on Twitter, hashtag I stand with Big Corb, hashtag I love Big Corb. Let's get it trending, people. Let's teach these people. If you can't make fun of Corbin on a podcast, bye. All right. Well, that was Big Corbs. Uh, if you want to hear more from Big Corbs, uh, use the hashtag. Uh, I stand with big corbs, uh, uh-huh. or the hashtag I love big corbs. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see these people. Um, yeah. I guess. Also, I guess hashtag you can't make fun of Corbin on a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if that one's going to take off. Um, all right. We also got some, uh, traditional reader mail. You want to do that? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's hear from all our, all our readers of all stripes. This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it Reader Mail? It is confusing for robots. Alright, Sean. Uh, this is, I'm gonna say, the main event of the episode, right? <laughs> we It took us 55 minutes to get here, but we've been thinking this about is, this one all day. 
I don't know what it was about this question. <laughs> it came to us on Twitter. Our friend at one underscore chain underscore aka. Um, a, oh, sorry. Underscore uh, one underscore chain aka wife guy is goals <laughs> asked important question for the pod. Who or what is the NBA equivalent of the young Sheldon? There's something uh, about this question, Sean, that I think it's the best question anyone's ever tweeted at us. <laughs> it really gets to the heart of both the NBA and our podcast, I feel like. Right. Okay, so so for people who don't know about young Sheldon... <laughs> Well, that is the title of this episode. <laughs> um, so uh, Sheldon, the main character of the Big Bang Theory, got uh, an origin story, a sitcom called Young Sheldon, mm -hmm. where a child delivers the origin of the beloved Jim Parsons. Uh, I gotta say right now, this is a weirdly Big Bang Theory heavy uh, episode of the show. Yeah, because our friend it. Josh Androsky once won a million dollars on a slot machine, a Big Bang Theory slot machine. He did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I mean, while we're plugging Josh's television related accomplishments, uh, just go to YouTube and look up Skateboard Rabbi. Yeah, you should Price do that. Price is right. <laughs> anyway, so Josh, back to yeah, back to you explaining the young Sheldon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's also at it's also a Chuck Lorre production the 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 yeah, creator it's a, it's a prequel to the big bang it's theory. a prequel there's not a lot of sitcoms that are prequels i guess yeah what sitcoms are prequels joey um i can't think of any i mean there's my unproduced spec script for young fraser yo that is a good idea but, it, but it's actually you the young fraser you sorry it's the it's the young fraser mysteries <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you should not say that on a podcast, just yeah, like my just, address. Um, I, uh, I said it. I said that title in a registered mail envelope to myself. Um, I don't think there are any other prequel sitcoms, at least. No, I, I, I think it's unprecedented. I mean, there's plenty of sequels. There's also not a lot of dramas that rely on the prequel. Uh-huh. Like, This Is Us has it built in, but... There's never like, all right. Uh, I'm sure there well, are. There's the young Indiana Jones, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I'll run through real quick before we get to our answers. Yeah. Uh, our friends, the Super Hoopers, subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts. Suggested Nick Gilbert. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, the Cavs owner Dan Gilbert's son. son, which is a great answer because uh -huh. you get the look for sure. The bow yeah. tie. He wears bow ties just like young Sheldon. Uh-huh. He's like old and young at the same time, too. But I never get. Nick Gilbert seems a little fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like going to the draft lottery. and Yeah. Um, not like rubbing it in everyone's face, you know. Uh, our friend Josh Androsky, again, Big Bang Theory expert, said the post-Oscar Nunez State Farm guy, Alfonso Carlton Ribeiro, but except that's not who it is, Sean. It's uh, the new Jake from State Farm, isn't it? Isn't that the State Farm agent now, or is it Alfonso Ribeiro? He's, he's fake Chris Paul, right? 
no, there's another, there's a new non-Oscar Nunez agent. Oh, is that what he's talking about? Yeah, I yeah. thought he, I thought he meant the no, star. No, no. Okay. Um, um, is that Jake from State Farm? I don't, I don't... think it's Jake, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, I think if it's one, it's not that though. I think it's it's not that guy. I think it's um actually Oscar, right? Oh, Oscar Nunez is yeah. Because he replaced Cliff Paul. Right. So he's like the prequel to Cliff Paul. <laughs> and the things this says about Chris Paul's identity are very interesting. That he's had both an identical twin separated at birth and an imposter. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I don't think he's at all the that he's not at all the young Sheldon of the NBA. I'm sure we'll get a call next week from Josh yelling at us about how he uh-huh. is. Um, Matt Garbodin, uh, said, is it Harold Miner, Harold Miner, a.k.a. Baby Jordan? Yeah, he actually just sent us a, a, a gift <laughs> right. from Harold Miner, but. <laughs> I think Harold Miner is a little too, um, a little too fun to be young Sheldon. Michael Jordan's not correct here. He is not at all Sheldon related. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I do appreciate that it is like. You know, I mean, it very technically letter of the law. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and our friend Juice Manji, uh, Julian Rodriguez at Juice Manji on Twitter, uh, said, I don't understand this question, but I feel it, which is yeah. how I felt. There's also we also got an answer from uh, Colin McGowan. Too. Oh, I know that. Well, that's oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Part yeah, of sorry. I think we did get one who I think is an absolute contender. One of the most, cor- this is maybe the correct answer. Uh, our friend Colin McGowan, who you can read at Real GM, uh, follow him on Twitter at CS McGowan, uh, said with zero hesitation, Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. Ooh. It feels pretty good, doesn't it? He's he's old and young. Mm-hmm. He's like. Like a, he's on the he's on the nerd kind of a nerd. Young team. Sheldon would definitely tell you the definition of rookie. Oh yeah, yeah, and like he would develop the screen assist method uh-huh. of of observing basketball. Uh, he's like both arrogant and needy at the same time. Uh, he's obsessed with Spider Man. In he like seems, unaffiliated. Seems very, doesn't he seem bullyable to you? Yes. I mean, not by like us, but right by his peers. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and like, like even even the broadcasters are kind of nerds. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you see Donovan Mitchell describing like a teacher as his best friend? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, all right, so that's our first contender, Sean. That's a good. That's Who a good answer. Have? I thought. You know, this is this is pretty this is a little strict to the letter of the law, but uh in terms of being um the sequel to something that was pretty popular, but I didn't really think was like especially good mm-hmm. and also kind of unfairly had a reputation for uh like like being very intellectual. Mm-hmm. Austin Rivers. <laughs> He's like young Doc. And it was kind of like, I guess we got excited about this, and he got picked high in the draft, and then it just seems like something that 
no one really wants. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like he's worked with talented people, but at the same time, you're like, I didn't really want another one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple in my mind. Uh, I think Richard Jefferson is a contender for young <laughs> Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's more of a feel thing. I don't really, I can't really explain why Richard Jefferson is a young Sheldon motherfucker, but he is. But my answer is actually C.J. McCollum is the young Sheldon of the NBA. Oh wow! And I like because this. Dame is old Sheldon. Mm-hmm. He's real Sheldon. CJ is fake Sheldon. <laughs> uh, he wears fucking bow ties. He's a fucking square. Uh, he's not that fun, but people, but fans of the team have convinced themselves he's fun. Uh huh. Um, like you know, diehard Big Bang people love Young Sheldon, right? They got to. So it's like diehard Blazer fans. They love Dame. They love the Blazers. They've like yeah convinced themselves CJ is. Both He's a part fun of player family. and a fun personality. Right. He has a podcast, which is a young Sheldon ass thing to do. Uh huh. Um, like it seems like he's already like angling to be a broadcaster, even though he's still very young in his career, right, right, which is right. like a young Sheldon ass thing to do. I uh, think like, it's oh, CJ McCall. I could help you correct the homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you some people that you might not know are uh, affiliated with young, young Sheldon and on the show? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Annie Potts. Cool. Love Annie Potts. She's cool. Bob Newhart. Uh-huh. B- one of the best. And uh, Reba McIntyre. I love Reba. Um, yeah, just like just like C.J. McCollum in the Portland Trailblazers, uh, young Sheldon is surrounded by cool ass, talented, fun people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, the guy who plays Pauly G on the comeback. Well, I've never watched the comeback, uh, but okay. Well, he's been a lot of stuff too. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, great question. Oh, by the way, also he played. He, here's here's the last line of his filmography section, Joey. Who? Uh, for for uh, Lance Barber. Okay. Um, Barber played Jimmy Speckerman, who bullied Leonard Hofstetter at high school in one episode of The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. He was then cast as George Cooper Sr., father of Sheldon Cooper, in the spinoff Young Sheldon that premiered in 2017. And mentioned that some fans were confused because he played different roles in the two related series. Yeah, that's like um, <clears throat> the first time I saw Captain America, the first Avenger. I was like, uh-huh. why is the Human Torch Captain America? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, excellent question at one chain. Uh, keep them coming, baby. We love a good question. Uh, and also, if you've got a suggestion about who you think one uh, young Sheldon is, you let us know, guys. All right, our friend M. Burchett asks, who's the vice president of the NBA? Uh, my answer was Jeff Green because he's a heartbeat away. That's pretty good. Um, I think it's it's Chris Paul, dude. Um, he's, I think he's like he's too effectual. But I just I, think if LeBron James dies, it's like... Chris Paul becomes in charge. You know what I mean? Just like at the union. <laughs> He's like a wartime. But I mean, he, he was the president of the union. I know, but he wasn't. You know what I mean? He was the Bush to LeBron's Cheney. You know what I mean? 
I think he's too much. I think he's like way too much of a bully. It needs to be like it's more like 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 mellow is much more of a vice president. You know yeah, what I mean? Like pretty doesn't good. threaten the throne. Oh, uh, then the correct answer is actually Malcolm Brogdon. He should be, his nickname should be the, <laughs> the vice, vice president. president yeah. Right. <laughs> he has We're more like, of a I vice guess. president vibe. Um, <laughs> is he going to make the all-star team? No, but he could break a tie in the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Our friend Beeps asks, I play in a casual 35 plus rec league. What should my pregame hype music be besides the round ball rock SoundCloud, of course? Well, I'm glad I'm glad he acknowledged the correct answer. But okay, so you're See, I, I was think, is it are we talking the intro music or hype up music here? This is I'm well it's pregame music, not intro music. It's yeah, what he okay. listen to while you're getting ready to psych yourself up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got uh I think now for me, I don't really know anything about beeps, but for me, um this is a situation that calls for a little genre of music I call not so hip hop. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You can't go, you can't play like Kendrick Lamar at an over 35 rec league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? May You can't even really play Jay-Z, but I do kind of feel like you could play like a Tribe Called Quest song okay. to psych yourself up. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be a little more like, I'm not pretending that I'm in, you know, a 30 and over rec mm-hmm. league right now. I still want to get hyped, but, and also I, I, I feel like it shouldn't be, uh, I feel like, I feel like it still should be like some, some music with a beat to it, you know? Uh, my answer is, uh, Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks on repeat. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, the other, oh, the other thing I think would work very well is like, a 13 minute LCD sound system song mm-hmm. that that seems like just the right amount of time to get really loose and not pull your groin. Uh, all right. Do you want to deal with our rebuttal, Sean? Oh yeah. Let's, let's talk about this rebuttal very quickly. And then uh, talk about, yeah. uh, talk yes. about pla- bad plastic surgery and then get out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so last episode we got a question about, who had the NBA's worst tattoos, and we got to explore the delightful... at the time, we correctly answered Marco Bellinelli. Yeah, just like, because it's a a fucking carnival on his body. Mm -hmm. And Richard Jefferson is not an active player, nor is Kenyon Martin. Um, But in the interim, Jason Tatum got a a large tattoo on his back uh, that said, God's God's will. Yeah, uh uh-huh. In, like... uh, uh, the most generic, um, like old English '90s hip hop script possible. It's like it's like it if, looks like Grand Theft Auto, uh, Los Santos. That one. Um, I'm just imagining if like Eminem came on the radio when my mom was in the car and she shut her eyes. That's what she would mm-hmm. see. Yeah, it's the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas font. I that's, would describe that, yeah, it that's, as. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the yeah. best description. Uh, and it says God's will, but without an apostrophe. Yeah. So it is. So it's like he's, uh, it's like he's a will and he's labeled, like, it's like when God dies, we have to talk to Jason Tatum about to see who inherits the earth or whatever. Oh, when, was, even though we I all was, know it's the meek. 
I think it's just. I think it might be a statement about uh, polytheism. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That like too. That, that's yeah. what happened. He played with Kyrie for two years, man. Mm-hmm. You think he's not like well, you know, and I can't rule out like Gaia or, uh, you know, Zenu. Mm-hmm. Um, my question I'm just is hedge my bets with this punctuation. The one thing I have to say about Jason Tatum's terrible tattoo is uh, the tattoo artist that put that on him should be in prison. Uh-huh. Because he is not over 18 and is not old enough to get a tattoo. He is too young. Were yeah. his parents there? Yeah, did his mom sign guardian? off on it? Did Bill does Simmons Brad sign Stevens off on it? Oh, Bill Simmons probably did. <laughs> That's why he got it in L.A. when they were playing the Lakers. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill could drive him there. Anyway, it's a bad tattoo. I still kind of think it might be. It's not as... I've seen versions of that bad t- tattoo before. I've never seen... You know, the fedora, the boxing gloves, the <laughs> the Spartan helmet uh-huh. uh, before. So, I don't know. I'm on the fence about who has the worst tattoo. It is, it, is, it is so jarring to see that, though. And I don't know if we've ever posted something on Twitter that had so much of, like, a visceral response that mm-hmm. people, like, really, it, like, inspires anger from people. Yeah. We got a lot of comments in Spanish yep. after we posted that. Just oh, feels they were like on it, our like, side saying it was a bad tattoo. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it, it just like something about the badness of that too just like goes right to you to mm-hmm. like your lizard brain. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're not even you're not even consciously thinking about the tattoo. You're just like, no, no, well, stay it away. It just sort of seems like we should be past to the point. Like tattoos are popular enough. Where now we should be past the point where p- people are getting tattoos that bad. We're like in the early 2000s, late 90s. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, the tattoos being popular on not like, uh, you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, all right, let's do the, the, uh, this news story real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, first off, robot plays news drop. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean. Uh, our enemy, Mark Cuban, uh, is stealing valor from the Houston Rockets. Oh, uh, man. Do you want to explain what's happening here? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> we thought that there was one team in Texas that was auditing the living shit out of these referees that are, you know, ruining the Boston Celtics chances every Mm -hmm. time, uh, denying the Portland trailblazers. their 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 rightfully gained layups, but no, there was one team that's very angry. The Dallas Mavericks are protesting in a game where they lost to the Atlanta Hawks Mm -hmm. by two points. And, Mark Cuban went on, well, this is from, I'm just going to read you some quotes from at Mark Cuban. Uh, I believe this is an Ice Rocket account. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Or it could be a Cyberdust account. I'm not sure. Possibly a Twitter. And he just ripped the officials. He said, so they call a goaltend. They literally blew the whistle that it was a goaltend. There was a putback after the whistle. After review, they said no goaltend, but count the bastard. WTF is that? 
That's NBA officiating. So um, what happened was Atlanta was up 109 to 107 with the ball. I think there were seven seconds left. And uh, the refs blew the whistle because they thought it was a goaltend. And then they reviewed it, found it wasn't a goaltend. But uh, because John Collins caught the rebound like while the whistle was blowing mm-hmm. and there was no one in front of him, uh, he got the continuation. So seemingly the correct call. I believe, according to the rules of the NBA. Uh, so he is he is playing the game under protest. He's paying the $10,000 uh, that could be seating so many inventors on Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, He's taking he has, money from a child who's invented a new cookie. Um, <laughs> and then he said, and of course that comes after DeLon intentionally kicked the, kicked the ball as he was getting thrown down to stop play. They don't. That's the play that would foul out Maxi. It's uh-huh. like, okay, so I guess they did miss a kicked ball. But at the same time, I don't know how much you're defending your player just kicking the ball out of bounds in a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, refs have bad games. Crews have bad games. But this isn't a single game issue. This is the same shit that's been going on for 20 years. Hire former refs who think they know how to hire, train, and manage. Realize two years later they can't. Repeat. In the past 12 years, it's been Ronnie Nunn, Don Vaden, Bob Delaney, and now Monty McCutcheon. What do they all have in common? You know the definition of insanity? Uh-huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, on behalf of our friends at Fast Break Breakfast uh, podcast, you should also check out How Dare You, Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. You do not talk about a referee like that. Uh-huh. That is, that's a hardworking man. He's doing his best. He's getting these calls right. They're just going against your team. Mark Cuban. And now uh, you're disrespecting Monty freaking McCutcheon. <laughs> what I want. How say, dare you, sir? What I want to say is, uh, I don't know, Mark, maybe people don't like it. Uh, when things happen to them that they don't want to happen. Uh, uh-huh. so maybe you should think about that. Yeah. Um, just also, something to chew on, yeah. dude. I also saw a picture. He's now dying his hair orange. Oh, sick. He's like Doug Collins? Like Doug Collins. <laughs> uh, I mean, Doug Collins, like Rick Barry. Well, uh, like Rick Barry's the number one. He's yeah. like, <laughs> just that, like, 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 like he's been dusted with a handful yeah. of tanks. Al Michaels. Al, Al Michaels. Michaels. Oh, yeah. yeah really, Bob really. Bob Costas. They uh-huh. all do it. Yeah. I'm sure Joe it's Buck will be getting it from Cuban's him It's Cuban's doing it because he has yeah. jet black hair, but... <laughs> You know what? Nothing, nothing above the neck is like original parts anymore. So, uh, also, Mark Cuban's the only owner who sits on the bench like a child visiting the cockpit of a plane, <laughs> pretending that he has a big boy job, and uh, he just, uh, you know, wants to fucking yell at people. Um. All right, that's our show. Um. Sean, anything you want to plug? Uh. Yeah, I got a article of a. Zion on Yard Barker. Ooh, uh, do you call him too fat? <laughs> I I did not I did not uh, body shame him. I did. Oh. did I, was I really mean to anybody? Oh, I said that uh, that the Lakers Pelican series might like make the NBA the money they lost to China if as long as Lonzo Ball doesn't tweet about Taiwanese sovereignty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a terrible idea. Our Chinese listeners, please. <laughs> um. As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter uh, at Frankie Muniz, um, where on July 2nd, 2009, I tweeted, D 
Dear scorpions that sneak into my house, you will oh. die a slow, painful death of being flushed down the toilet. Man. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's not it's not even his best scorpion tweet, but you know it's what? It's not, but you know what? <laughs> Look, we do want to explore the whole world. Uh-huh. Have you ever, have I ever read this one? We're on June 29th, 2012. I tweeted, just got stung by a scorpion. Never felt pain like this. Leg numb. Vision blurry. I think I'm dying. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sean, did you write a song? I did. I did. Uh, we're, it's another Kevin Love song. Um, this is one of my more ambitious technical efforts of all time. I hope you'll bear with me. Uh, it's one I made with, uh, my good friends, Brian May and, uh, Rami Malek, and it's called, uh, Somebody for Love. Um, great. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And, uh, shut it down. Keep sending us calls. Ow, ow, ow! Can anybody... Trade me somebody for love. Each evening we go out and lose. Can't barely stand these defeats. Take a look, Take a look at, the at the payroll. payroll. And cry, Kevin, what you doing to me? Yeah, yeah. I made a mistake in extending you, and I just, just can't get, get Kathleen. Lord, somebody, 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 somebody can anybody trade me? Somebody for love. Every couple of games, he'll board and he gets his points. At the end, At the end of the game, he takes home 353,000 bucks. He looks down, down at the fridge, chugs the bill, till the chocolate pours down from his beard. Lord, somebody, somebody, ooh, somebody can anybody trade me? Somebody for love. Don't play hard any day. You don't try, you don't try, but everybody turns straight off his down. They say he's gotten lazy. I just want to get a future pick. Got turned down by the Knicks. I've got no one left I can deal with. Someone for love. He plays no defense. 
He just quit moving his he feet. He just quit moving his feet. He's so white, he's snow white. He's so white, he's so white. More than yeah. 60 defeats. I've just got to get out of this laundry meal. He's signed until 2023. Lord. Trade, trade me somebody for love. Trade. Me somebody for love trade 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 somebody trade me somebody Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.